We need a speaker who will fight for something, anything, besides just staying or becoming speaker. If there was ever a time to fight with $33 trillion in national debt, a $2 trillion deficit this year, 40-year high inflation, 20-year high interest rates, a downgraded credit rating, and for the first time in modern history, the polls showing, despite all the help of the media blaming Republicans in the House, the polls showed that the public was blaming Biden and the Democrats for an imminent shutdown. If not fight now, when would we fight? Every decision they make can have an effect on our lives. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack. America's not the same as it was 100 years ago. The violent mayhem, we have seen in the streets and cities that are run by liberal Democrats. This is Our Lives in Politics with your host Booker and co-host Lou Basada. A whole lot can happen in one week, can't it? We went from the sky is falling government shutdown to a historic removal of the Speaker of the House. And we did it all in five days. You know, the U.S. Speaker of the House is the number three person in line for the presidency. It's not a small job. In fact, it's a huge responsibility. And now politicians on the right and the left have created the next sky is falling moment in national politics. We don't have a speaker. It appears in almost a coordinated effort that Matt Gates and seven other Republicans are being blamed for all of it. And that's an interesting take, but one that I believe removes responsibility from an institution that has damaged itself, collectively, all on their own. I mean, my gosh, they have a 15% approval rating. That's 85% of us, and probably 100% of you listening to this right now, whether you're Democrat, Republican, or an Independent, you think Congress stinks at their job. The problems in the U.S. House of Representatives didn't start with Matt Gates and the seven that voted with him to get rid of Kevin McCarthy, but maybe that can be the start of a body that truly represents Americans to reestablish a government for the people, by the people, and of the people. I'm not going to hold my breath on that, and I hope that you don't either. I hope you had a great week. I'm Booker Scott. Thanks for joining me here on America Out Loud Talk Radio or wherever you listen to your podcast. In this hour, I want to get into that government shutdown just a little bit, but more specifically, let's talk about the post-vote press conference. Both the Democrat minority leader, Hakeem Jeffries, and Kevin McCarthy both went out after the historic vote to save the country from another shutdown. They both had a press conference, and I believe there were some revealing words that show the strategy of both parties that they'll use going into the 24 election year. I also will welcome Elizabeth Elgaline, who is running for a seat in that crazy House of Representatives. Uh, we'll find out why she would ever want to do a thing like that. She's running in Nevada's 3rd Congressional District. But first, to the government shutdown vote. That's all the House, with the help of the Democrats, pass a continuing resolution. I said it for weeks, that there would not be a government shutdown, that they would come to this conclusion. And all it did was... Give them another 45 days to come up with some sort of an agreement on a budget for the next year. And I can't help but think the entire government shutdown was political theater. It gets people emotional. It gets them scared. 
It brings in uncertain times. Both the right and the left were going to get their moment in front of the cameras because of this that they had created. And what did they use that time for? You know, most of the congressional hearings are being ignored by the mainstream media, and therefore few Americans are seeing the things that we bring you on this show every week. Things like weaponization of American institutions to censor and silence you, or like the hearing that produced COVID origins being made in a lab. It wasn't from a Wuhan wet market. It's not bad soup. But what was all over local news Saturday night at 11 o'clock when that local news came on in your town? Well, the government shutdown vote story was the number one lead story across the country. And along with that came the clips of the post-vote press conference. And what did most America see and hear about the shutdown? Is it possible we saw the strategy for both the Democrats and the Republicans for the 24 election? Yeah, I watched both press conferences in their entirety, and I did it a couple of times. And if you have the time, you should go back, check them out for yourself to make your own determination. Understand that these speeches were carefully crafted. They had known for weeks this moment would come. They knew that they would agree to a continuing resolution to keep the government open, but they would wait until the 11th hour. It's much more theatrical that way. They'll produce the fear, and then they'll come to the rescue, like they've done so many times. But what was this message about, this carefully crafted message? In a lot of ways, the speeches were very similar in their theme, and both made the enemy of democracy and the institutions of America the MAGA extremists. The Dems used the word in the words over and over. Each speaker, one by one, repeatedly used MAGA extremists to describe the entire government shutdown and placing all of the blame on the Republicans that were MAGA extremists. What is so wrong with having politicians and people that we elect go to Washington, D.C. to hold a government accountable for a budget? for the billions being sent to Ukraine, and for a secure border. What's wrong with asking those questions? Here's Democrat Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries. We're on a path to avoid a catastrophic, extreme, mega-Republican shutdown and to continue to meet the needs of the American people. The American people have won. The extreme, mega-Republicans have lost. It was a victory for the American people and a complete and total surrender by right-wing extremists who throughout the year have tried to hijack the Congress. Moving forward, we will continue to work in a bipartisan way to discuss a year-end spending agreement consistent with our values, meeting the needs of the American people, solving problems, on their behalf and putting people over politics. And you hear Hucking Jeffries saying it is the Democrats that do the work for the American people. And, and of course, for the first time in a long time, all of America is watching this on television, and this is what they see. MAGA extremists are the problem, and the Democrats are trying to solve the problems. It didn't stop there. Catherine Clark is the minority whip, and she continued with the MAGA extremists. Today, Democrats have ensured that those interests, the American people, have won out over the demands of mega-extremists. 
But only after months of Speaker McCarthy and the MAGA majority playing chicken with the lives and livelihoods of the American people. They have brought us to the edge of a needless shutdown, trying to blackmail the country into accepting their extreme right-wing agenda. And today, Democrats came to the rescue. Speaker McCarthy admitted defeat and asked Democrats to put out the fire that he and his party had started. We proved today that Democrats will continue to unify around our shared values. We will continue to put the concerns of the American people first, and we will not allow the twisted priorities of the mega Republicans to become law. The Democrat Party, for weeks, crafted these words for a reason. After years of the Biden administration painting the picture of Republicans as extremists, because they want protection for their children at the school, whether that was for same-sex bathroom or porn books in school libraries, the parents were labeled extremists. And now the message the Dems want America to hear is the extremists are not helping people, but they are obstructing. The third and last person to speak in the Democrat press conference was Pete Aguilar from California. He represents the 33rd Congressional District. He came with the same message. Republicans are obstructing, and the Democrats will continue to do the work for the people if only the MAGA extremists will stay out of the way. Our path ahead and how difficult uh, it has been uh, that the MAGA extremism has permeated the Republican conference for so long. And when the Democratic caucus, uh, when I convened them with Vice Chair Liu and we needed more time, to read the text and to read the document, it was Whip Clark and Leader Jeffries who wanted to ensure that members had the time and the space uh, to understand what this, what was in this package. Uh, because for the Democratic Caucus, and this isn't the same for the Republican Conference, the details matter. Helping people is why we come here. We want to make a difference in our communities. We want to help our communities. Uh, and in order to do that, we wanted to make sure that we got it right. I believe the Democrat strategy for the 24 elections was just revealed for the nation to hear. Again, it's a MAGA extremists that have messed everything up, from the border to abortion to banning books. They come short of calling them Nazis there, but that's the message that was being conveyed. And they will continue that into 24. But what about the Republicans' press conference? There was Kevin McCarthy, Elise Stefanik, Steve Scalise and Tom Emmer. And you would think they would defend Republicans, wouldn't they? Or are they going to try to separate themselves from the MAGA extremists? Here's Kevin McCarthy. Be an adult in the room. I am going to govern which what is best for this country. I don't understand how long will it take to you understand that. I went 15 rounds. The same individual that voted against us even having a more conservative stopgap measure. The same individual who threatens it, that, that delayed us from ever getting all of our appropriate bills done. That's Kevin McCarthy, and he is calling out Matt Gates and the other seven that eventually would call for his ouster and get him ousted from Speaker. And that's him separating himself and separating the Republicans, the GOP, from MAGA extremists, just like what the Democrats did. Again, watch this for yourself. Play them back to back when you have the time. 
Tom Emmers was another one of those that spoke. And you could also hear him saying the same thing. Bend the knee to the RNC or this isn't going to work. They understood it. I will tell everybody, no, I'm not happy. Uh, we did not have 218 Republicans still. Uh, that doesn't work for me. And we're going to have to do a better job of making sure that happens. So we have the Democrats blaming MAGA extremists. And we have the Republicans distancing themselves from MAGA extremists and therefore distancing themselves from Donald Trump. You can see it all over. It's been going on for a while. If you watch Fox News, if you watch and pay attention to the talking heads on television and influencers and social media, there's been a lot of separating from Donald Trump and the Republican Party. And one other thing that came out of this press conference with Kevin McCarthy and the others, well, it was Kevin McCarthy that threw down the gauntlet. He dared someone to make the motion to vacate the chair. If somebody wants to make a motion against me, bring it. There has to be an adult in the room. I'm not sure any adult in a room would spend $2 trillion more than they're actually bringing in year after year. But that's what our Congress and our government is consistently doing. Well, if you've been paying attention to those talking heads on TV or perceived conservative influencers, people like Newt Gingrich, Karl Rove, Larry Kudlow, you'll hear them say that the eight that voted to oust McCarthy, they're traitors. You'll hear these so-called conservatives separate the America First faction from the Republican Party themselves, separating from Donald Trump. That's what they're doing because that's who they've always been. They're establishment neocons. They never want to be a part of the solution. They create chaos as a strategy to get more votes and get donations. If you're on social media at all, you, you've seen the sad meltdown of Mark Levin this week. He's ranted and raved against Matt Gates and the Republicans that ousted McCarthy in the name of election strategy. And some of the Republicans that voted to keep McCarthy as speaker, they've been doing the same thing. Pay attention to Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene, Anna Paulina Luna. They're all doing the same thing. And Mark Levin's meltdown has exposed who he is. And if we have the time at the end of the hour, I want to get back to him. But to strategize an election to get more establishment candidates elected will help. I mean, that seems like a crazy idea to me. It hasn't helped in the past. Exactly how has that strategy worked? What have the Republicans accomplished since gaining control of the House? They've added $3 trillion to the debt. So why strategize to win the next election if nothing changes when the conservative party wins? It hasn't. There is no accountability. Why should the Uniparty message concern you? Well, Newsweek came out with an article just this week. It came out October 4th after a three-month investigation. The headline, Donald Trump supporters targeted by the FBI as 24 election nears. So now the legacy media, they've started it too. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into that article just a little bit, but go read it for yourself so you can read the full thing. Newsweek, October 4th, just Google Donald Trump supporters targeted and you'll find it. Here's how the article starts. The federal government believes that the threat of violence and major civil disturbances around the 24 U.S. presidential election is so great that it has quietly created a new category of extremists that it seeks to track and counter Donald Trump's army of MAGA followers. 
The challenge for the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the primary federal agency charged with law enforcement, is to pursue and prevent what it calls domestic terrorism without direct reference to political parties or affiliations, even though the vast majority of its current anti-government investigations are Trump supporters, according to classified data obtained by Newsweek. Are you a Trump supporter? Maybe you're on the government watch list already. It's interesting that... It's the FBI that determines who they call domestic terrorists. That's the same FBI that killed the Hillary Clinton email investigation. They spied on a sitting president of the United States. That FBI. Well, you heard Kevin McCarthy. He challenged his opposition to bring it. If they wanted him to vacate the chair, he said, come and get me. And history was made. On this vote, the yeas are 216. The nays are 210. The resolution is adopted. Without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. The Office of Speaker of the House of the United States House of Representatives is hereby declared vacant. So after the mess that has been the Congress of the U.S. House of Representatives over the last two or three weeks, we have seen the government shut down almost And then we saw the speaker ousted. Why in the world would anybody in their right mind want to go and take a job like that in in the House of Representatives? Well, luckily, we still do have young Americans that want to make a difference. And right now, I want to bring to the program someone that is young and someone that is an American and someone that does want that job. Someone to represent the 3rd Congressional District in Nevada to take the place of a Democrat, Susie Lee. Welcome to the program now, Elizabeth Helgeline. Elizabeth, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Booker, for having me. I really appreciate it. The last name, it doesn't really look like I just said it. And I hope I was close, but it's Helgeline, but it's actually spelled a different way because I want to bring that up right now because I want you to tell people how they can come find you and support you both on social media and what is your website. Let's just start there so we can get that out and then we'll come back to that part again in just a little bit. Absolutely. So people can go to my website, elizabeth4nevada.com. That's elizabethfornevada.com to find me. And Elizabeth, again, we I just, just played about 10 or 15 minutes of a mess that is the U.S. House of Representatives. So the question is, what do you make of all this? What do you make of Kevin McCarthy being ousted? What do you think of the government shutdown? And then why do you want to go and join this clown show? Absolutely. So, no, I think uh, Congressman Gates was very, and of course, the the eight were very brave to stand up for American people. You, you know, I talk to people all day, every day, and they want somebody who's going to actually represent us. You know, he made promises to do certain things Uh, in order to become the speaker. And he did not follow through on his promises. So, uh, and he, he, again, he wanted to fund Ukraine instead of, instead of helping Americans. So what he was doing was not what the American people wanted. So Congressman Gates and the, the bold eight, they did a great job of representing the people. So I do support uh, Congressman Gates uh, for doing that for sure. We, that's what we need. We need to stop, you know, doing politics as usual. You know, the people want to be represented. We need to restore America and return the power back to the people. And that is a step in the right direction. So I definitely support Congressman Gates. 
And is your motivation and, is your motivation for going there to give the people a voice? What, what is it that drives you to want to take a job in a place that would appear to be a circus from those of us on the outside looking in? Absolutely. So, and and you know, we always hear people say, "Well, that's not how it works." BS. We can absolutely do what we say we're going to do. They don't want to. That's the difference. So they want their their power and everything else but we actually have to like i said give the power back to the people and that's exactly what i intend to do so i'm running in uh, in when i was elected previously to the state senate that's exactly what i did you know i beat a 15 year incumbent a rhino republican by 15 percent uh in a, a district where he had all the name recognition all the money and all the establishment support and then i went on to beat a millionaire democrat in a Democrat district as a conservative by 5%. I even beat him in his own precinct. So how did I do that? That's because I went out and I talked with the people and I'm genuine. They know um, I'm a woman of my word and I actually do what I say I'm going to do. So then once I was elected to the state Senate, I went up there and did exactly that. Uh, I fought against uh, bad legislation. I even fought against uh, tax increases, not just the Democrats, but there were Republicans who wanted to raise taxes on the people, even though they campaigned not to do that. And I went up against them and I was able to get the majority of the Republicans to vote with me against the taxes after I stood up. So as long as we have somebody who is brave and courageous uh, and will do those things, then other people will fall in line. But we don't have that right now. We have such a small number of people, uh, but luckily there are people like uh, Congressman Gates, um, and our, our bold eight that were willing to stand up for the people. So, and we do have even more of those um, in the you know federal government, but we we need more for sure that are going to represent the people. So I know it can be done. Um, so don't tell me it can't uh, for those people out there that think that it can't. Um, and and I know I'm going to be able to do that because I've done it before. Elizabeth, you mentioned winning that Senate seat or the legislation, uh, the the seat in the legislature in in Nevada. And you were the youngest woman to ever do that. I mentioned as I introduced you that you're a young American that, that wants to make a difference. You're still young. You're very young. But 13 yes. or 14 years ago, you were the youngest ever elected. So going yep. back going back to that time, just to get to know you a little bit, what was it like with you as a teenager if you had to be your parents? I, I would imagine that you're running around looking for equal justice for everybody and not liking unfairness. Am I wrong on that? <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. That's exactly how I was when I was younger. And, you know, I didn't have somebody who was willing to stand up and fight for me uh, when I was growing up. So I wanted to be that for other people. So even from the young age of five, um, I started volunteering in my community and helping out and and all the way through till today, and I instill that in my children, uh, that we go out and we help people on every level that we possibly can. So I do a lot of volunteer work. I've actually, when I was in high school, received three uh, Presidential Student Service Awards from the President of the United States uh, for my service to the community. So we absolutely can do that. I've been doing that my whole entire life, and this just seemed like a natural next step in my life to go and represent the people on this level. 
So yeah, that's that's exactly how it was when I was growing up. I, I did the exact same thing. Yeah, you just said that it, from the age of five, you really didn't have anyone standing up for yourself. So you did it. Why is it you felt yep. like you didn't have anyone there for you, standing up for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're growing up and you have, I was the youngest of five children. Uh, my oldest uh, sibling is 16 years older than me, than my second oldest is 12 years and eight years. And so we didn't really, you know, it was fending for yourself. And sure. then, of course, when you're growing up in the time uh, that I grew up, you know, girls, it was always like, you know, going against the grain when you wanted to do something. So uh, I just didn't have somebody who was willing to stand up and, and fight for, for me. And so I knew that I wanted to do that for other people. Uh, and that's, that's just really how I've, how I've always been, because I think if I'm, if I felt that way, then other people had to have felt that way too. So God had blessed me with the courage to stand up and, and uh, stand up for other people. And, and that's, uh, why I just am so blessed to be able to help others. And being that much younger than your siblings, you had to fight to be able to get to yeah. the dinner table to get to get some food, Absolutely. didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> as, as, as you go and in, in, into this race, are you getting much help from, say, the Republican Party? Are you are you seeing anything from them? Are you having communication with them yet? Yeah, so I've gotten a lot of support from amazing conservatives. Um, all over the place here in Nevada and and across the country. So I've received some great endorsements. Um, I received the endorsement of U.S. Congressman Paul Gosar, uh, former U.S. Congressman Barry Goldwater Jr., uh, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, uh, former Lieutenant Governor Meade Treadwell, uh, a great um, conservative uh, businessman, Sam Peters, and a former um, assembly, assemblyman here, conservative leader, uh, Jim Marchant as well as actually the grandson of one of our uh, late governors, uh, Blake, uh, Blake Gwynn is the grandson of uh, one of our governors, Kenny Gwynn. Um, I've also received the endorsement of uh, former Assemblyman Ed Goodhart uh, and the conservative radio show host, Steve Sanchez. And then some of the groups I've received support from are Patriots United, uh, Patriot Parents, Veterans uh, for America First, also known as Veterans for Trump, uh, the Calvin Coolidge Project, and Gunther Eagleman, who's a great political commentator as well. Yeah. So I've gotten some great support so far uh, from great people. You know, I don't want support, and not that they would ever support me, from the establishment, uh, because they don't want the people to be represented. Obviously, we see that by their actions. Um, and so, of course, they they don't like me very much because I stand up to them and I say, no, the power needs to go back to the people. We need to represent them and take away their power, take away the power of the establishment. So the establishment doesn't like that very much. But uh, so I have uh, the support of the people. I have the support of conservative leaders across the country and great Americans, uh, patriots. So I'm very blessed to have the support of the people. And that's the most important. And Gunther, Gunther is a friend of mine, by the way. So, oh, so I'm glad you got that. his endorsement and, yes. uh, you know, but I would say that again, you've been around politics and in politics for a long time now, even though you're still young and you kind of answered that question in a political way, because I asked if the Republican party has done anything to help and, <laughs> and you eloquently uh, didn't answer that, but you did say that a lot of conservatives have helped you. So I'm going to yeah. take the, I'm going to take the answer as of right now the Republican Party has done nothing to help you. Yeah, so the Republican Party unfortunately and we've got to get away from this thinking 
the Republican Party always says we're staying out of primaries. We're going to see what what happens. And then because they don't want to be caught in supporting a conservative candidate if an establishment person wins. Right. Uh, and so that's the problem. And that's what typically happens because the establishment gets uh, like uh, Congressman Gates so eloquently put it. The establishment, they get the support from the lobbyists um, and other liberal legislators. Uh, but we uh, conservatives, we get support from the people. So they will always outspend us. And unfortunately, the Republican Party stays out of primaries. And so we don't always get conservatives. We don't always get the correct people in office to support us going up against the Democrats. And that's a huge reason why a lot of people sometimes uh, support the Democrats, because the Democrats will at least tell us they're going to screw us over mm-hmm. where the Republicans lie to lie to our faces. Right. Uh, so we need to actually have the party start getting involved in supporting conservatives uh, who actually want to represent the people. I talked to a lot of candidates and it seems to be a recurring theme. And that's sort of why I asked you the question. I'm, I'm still going to ask a question every time I speak to a conservative candidate or a Republican. Are the Republicans helping you? Uh, I've not gotten the answer that I'm wanting to get, which is, heck yeah, they are. They're sending me yeah. thousands of dollars and it's helping a lot. Right. I've never had that answer, but hopefully one day we can. You know, we I, I, we, we just came out of a near government shutdown and mm-hmm. then we had McCarthy ousted. You talked about that a little bit, but let's let's go back to the government shutdown. You know, when when I look at this and I, what I see Matt Gates did actually was was try to get people to do their job. And I started yeah. I started talking about this and putting this out in January of this year. And I, I let the Republicans know you have until the end of September to come up with a budget. And they didn't do it. And, yeah. you, you know, you can blame they can try to blame the eight that voted him out in the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. They can try to do that. But the fact is the job wasn't done by Kevin McCarthy and the other Republicans. And that's what it comes down to. And now they're trying to use that. The, the MAGA wing of the Republican party is the one that, that took McCarthy out. Well, that's not the case at all. And it's not even MAGA. It's the people wanting our government to be a government by the people for the people and of the people. And that's not happening. You're absolutely right. And I say that all of the time. It's, you know, Think about it this way. If you're pointing a finger at somebody, you've got, you know, three other fingers pointing back at yourself. And, you know, they want to blame uh, the Republican or they want to blame the conservatives. They want to blame uh, the MAGA Republicans. But you hit the nail right on the head. It's themselves. They're the ones that did it. They're the ones that are causing the issues. He got unseated because of his decisions to not support the people, not the other way around. So, no, uh, Matt Gates did exactly what he should have done. Uh, the will of the people. The people are sick and tired of the political games, the political nonsense. You know, I I just had uh, a Republican, unfortunately, say that they're leaving the Republican Party because of these exact games. They they say the Republicans don't you know represent us anymore, and it's it's a sad reality. You know, you, you know, a lot of people say. The Democrats are this way, but the Republicans are just there are some Republicans who are just as bad who, you know, tell us one thing to get our votes and then they do the exact opposite once they're elected. And we just can't have that anymore. The party is suffering uh, because of that kind of behavior. You know, a lot of people say if if they weren't uh, if President Trump wasn't running, they would not be a Republican, but they're staying 
a Republican just to be able to vote for him. So the Republican Party really does have to do some soul searching in that regard. If they're going to continue to blame uh, MAGA and if they're going to continue to blame conservatives, because I mean, I mean, again, you said it right. It's not MAGA uh, that did anything. And MAGA is way greater than President Trump. It is we the people uh, is what it really is. And we're the ones uh, that want to be represented, and we're going to start holding them accountable. And I think you said it perfectly there, that it is a uniparty that don't really recognize the people anymore. They think they have all the answers, yet everything they try to do seems to be a failure. And I want to talk about some of those failures coming up in just a minute. We'll have more with Elizabeth Helgeline coming up next on America Out Loud Talk Radio. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget OUTLOUD25 at checkout. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients like dandelion root to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. 
America Out Loud listeners can go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. We wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Well, wait, we wash our nose? Yes, the number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter the body is through the nose. So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R.com. Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. Pick up a bottle for you and your family today. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. back to the program here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. While you're here and listening, don't forget to download the Talk Radio app. Go to either one of the app stores, whether you have an Android or if you have an iPhone, all you have to do is go look for America Out Loud Talk Radio. Download the app and then you have it 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Great conservative programs like Dr. Peter McCullough's or Tony Schaefer. They're all there. 24 hours a day at America Out Loud Talk Radio. My name is Booker Scott, and we are visiting with someone running for the 3rd Congressional District in Nevada. She is a young American, and, and really, she she's an amazing story because she ran for— I don't want to tell anyone how old you are. My, my mom told me, don't ever do that. But uh, somewhere in her early 20s, she ran for and won in 2010— 
she won a seat in the Nevada legislature. Impressive young woman we have here with Elizabeth Helgeline. Elizabeth, let's get back to the conversation. And, uh, you know, when it comes to the government shutdown, and I started talking about that before the break, everyone knows every year that the budget is due September 30th. Yet every year, it seems like we come to this point where we have to have a government shutdown. And it seems like political theater. But here's what's really happening. We have uh, prior to COVID-19, we had a budget of about $4.4 trillion. And now we're up to $6.2 trillion. And what are we spending the money on? And that's, that's why this, the, the Republicans did what they did with the government shutdown. Again, it was Matt Gates and a few others uh, that wanted it, wanted it stopped and wanted it done the right way because there have only been four budgets passed since 1977. And really, that's the biggest job of Congress. Yeah. How, how are we going to fix things like this? How can you specifically help to fix things like this? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I'm glad that you uh, had said that because I was, I was just about to. It's been how long since the budget's actually been passed, you know? And that's exactly what the people are tired of. People are hurting. They're struggling. I mean, we've got people, you know, I, I've had grown men almost in tears telling me about their their situations, their financial situations. People are struggling to put food on the table and pay their basic bills and put gas in their tanks. I mean, forget it. It's just outrageous uh, inflation that we're dealing with. And, you know, this economy is out of control and government spending is a huge part of that. And our politicians, they want to keep spending. We've got to take away their credit card and tear them up because we have to get back to, and, and just like, Uh, Matt Gates is talking about and so many conservatives are talking about, we have to get back to a baseline budget and actually go line by line and say, this is what we're going to fund. You know, we can't keep going at this pace or we're going to bankrupt America. You know, and and like I said, people can't afford it. We've got people with two or three jobs uh, to pay their bills. That's that's not the America that that we grew up in. We've we've got to get back on track with this, and that's that's my plan. You know, the economy, fixing the economy is a top priority. Closing the border is a top priority. Fighting human trafficking and uh, fentanyl is a top priority. We have to get back to things that are actually affecting the American people. That's what they care about. That's what they want. So enough with these. CRs, these continuing resolutions, we have to start focusing and doing what the people want us to do. Are we going to be able to elect enough people like you with that mentality to make the difference? Because it seems like we we elect people that they talk a good game, they get there, and then they're really not representing us. And maybe they're running into the apparatus that is the deep state or the bureaucracy that says, no, we don't do it that way here. Here's how we do it. It would be great to have someone that actually wins office and says, we're not doing that that way anymore because it's gotten us $33 trillion in debt. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That we have to elect the right people. And it, it keeps going back to that. I mean, truly we do. And so what I do for people here in Nevada is I tell them to call me. If you have a question about a candidate, call me. I'll tell you about that candidate. If I know about them, I'm going to tell you that. And that's what we really need. We need somebody who's willing to be honest, not not politically honest, intellectually honest uh, with the people and tell them this is actually how this person is. Um, and this is what they're going to do. People who actually have the courage to stand up and fight. I have a 100 percent a conservative voting record for the way that I voted. So I can go back to the people and say, this is how you elected me. 
this is what I did, and now I'm going to ask you for your vote again. And not only that, but we have to bring up more people uh, with us. So that's my goal is to uh, get elected and help other conservatives get elected as well. So we do have a, a huge amount of people, and we can truly make a difference um, in Congress. You know, I talk to a lot of people every week like you do, and so many that I talk to are to a point of just giving up. They think it's maybe too late. They think that yeah. Western civilization as we knew it is over and probably won't ever be like it was. And that's probably true. So how do you see yeah. us evolving? Do you, do you, where do you see the Western civilization evolving? Where do you see our country going? And what are, what are the first steps? Well, I have to say, I think our best days are ahead of us. We just have to get behind people that believe that and who will fight for that and who will fight for we the people. Uh, you know, if we don't, then yes, you're right. We are going to head down a path that we're we're not going to recognize America anymore. So, uh, but I do believe our best days are ahead as long as we get the right people in office. Uh, and and you know, I'll just say this. This campaign has been incredible. Uh, the people have been amazing. They've really stood behind me. That's what they want. They want somebody who's going to be bold, who's going to be courageous, who's going to uh, stand up and fight for them. I'm willing to do that. I know there are so many people that are as well. Um, but if we don't elect those people that are willing to fight for us and hold them accountable uh, to do what they say they're going to do, we're going to be in a world of hurt for sure. So, you know, if we don't, it's going to be, like I said, we're going to head down a path. I don't even know how to describe it because honestly, our I never thought our country would look like this. I mean, it's really gotten out of control and it's it's not just the Democrats. It's the weak Republicans who are have allowed it to happen. Uh, so, yeah, it, I mean, I hate to to keep repeating myself, but it's so true. It goes back to, we have to elect the right people. And I'm to a point where if you think you are a conservative and yet you have done nothing to squash and kill and destroy progressivism and liberalism, yeah. then you really aren't a conservative. You're just going along to get along. And I really don't have time for you anymore. It's time to uh -huh. get past that. We we have to destroy it, and it should have been destroyed a long time ago. Before you know it, you you wake up and you know your 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 little boys are caught thinking they're girls, and uh, yeah. our kids are reading pornographic books in a school library because no one killed and destroyed liberalism and progressivism years ago. And it, it's time. It's time that someone stands up and yeah. does it. It might as well be great Americans like you, Elizabeth, want to stand up and do that. Uh, on a personal note, just so people kind of understand you and who you are, uh, we know what you what drives you. We talked about that a little bit. Are you a mom? Are you a mother yet? I am. I do have. I have three children. They're all adults now, um, so they're they're absolutely amazing. Two of them still live here in Nevada, and one is actually in another state. I won't say, um, but is in Space Force actually. So oh. yeah, I've got three children. They're all adults now. So. I can spend my time uh, campaigning. I don't have to spend my time cutting sandwiches uh, and focus on the people uh, now. So I'm I'm very blessed to to have uh, great children, great support, family, uh, you know, family support um, to do this because that's that's exactly what it's going to take. I think you you know made a great point, um, and and it was a, a point that I I had wanted to make. You know, so many people need to stand up, and we're seeing you know so many great parents and uh, individuals standing up for our children. You know, liberalism, they've been attacking 
you know, first they started with men, right? Telling women they don't need men and, you know, you can be a single mom and, you know, focus on yourself. And they destroyed, you know, they attacked marriages. They, and now they're attacking women and, and they're attacking our children. So people do need to stand up and fight. And we're seeing that across the country now that enough is enough. And, uh, but we definitely need to, to continue to do that and be strong. Uh, you're right, for sure. Elizabeth, as a parent now of adults, looking back, what was the hardest thing that you had to deal with as a parent? <laughs> uh, well, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> um, well, in terms of outside of the home, um, outside of the home, it was the, the liberal um, yeah. education system. That's that was a huge battle because, you know, we would have uh, parent-teacher conferences, right? And a teacher would would literally, my daughter would be in tears because of the teacher, because of what they're saying. They're not standing up for the children. Uh, they they want to spout their ideology, and that didn't fly with me. Uh, uh, anybody who knows me, that didn't fly with me. So, of course, uh, I was not very happy about that and let that teacher know. Um, but there's a lot of liberalism um, in our schools. So, uh, I can talk about that subject all yeah. day long. Yeah, it's, sure. a, it's a huge problem. But but I don't know that that is necessarily a national problem. A lot of people want to put that in the category of uh, the national politics. And, and I would prefer to keep that one local within the state. Yeah. And let's abolish the Department of Education. Let's start there, first of all. Uh, yeah. and, and then yeah. we'll have some conversations about yeah. some other ideas on, on how we can make other things better. But let's start there and get rid of the... Uh, teachers' unions, and then we'll we'll yeah. see where things go after that. Um, and, and you know, school choice, school choice isn't talked about near enough. It was something that was huge in the RNC convention last time in twenty. I think everyone that got up and gave a speech talked about school choice. But it's a great thing because it it levels the playing field for every kid in America, uh, whether yeah. they're in Baltimore, Los Angeles, New York, Chicago. They should all have the same opportunity as every other child in America, and they're not getting it. Those those uh, education systems in those cities are absolutely failing those children, and it's not right. So school choice is a great thing, I think, people like you can run on to reach across all, all both sides of the aisle because it really does affect all of our children. And by affecting our children with bad educations, we're not doing much for the future of our country, are we? No, you're you're absolutely right. You can, you know, you can write write exactly what I was, you know, my view. It's we do need to get rid of the Department of Education. We have to have school choice. You know, parents should be receiving the money to decide where their, their children are going, not the schools who, and really I say the, the administration who is not, who doesn't even talk to the children. Um, but there's a lot of, a lot of bad things that are being taught to our children. I mean, for crying out loud, they're not even, a lot of them don't even know how to read. That's, that's the mm-hmm. basics. Teach them how to read, how to do math, what the constitution is, and stop focusing on uh, the disgusting library books that you're, you're trying to, you know, put in front of them. Uh, you know, they're, they're instead of education, they're indoctrinating our children. Yeah. And that's the huge problem that we have to get away from. Um, and that's exactly why we need to get rid of the Department of Education. Um, and we need to have school choice. We need to, uh, you know, put the power back in the parents' hands uh, because they know their children way better uh, than anybody else does. Another consequence of having school choice, I believe, would make public school much, much better. 
because then they're going to have Absolutely. competition when when they quit getting the big government checks because those government checks are going with the children to private schools or charter schools, all of a sudden you're going to see maybe the public schools become much better schools than what they are now. Elizabeth, I, I want to thank you so much for making time out of your busy schedule to spend some time with us here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Before I let you go, I want you to be able to wrap things up. If you were going to give a 60-second elevator pitch on why to vote for you in Nevada's 3rd Congressional District. But also before we leave, please tell everyone where they can help you. If they want to help you, uh, give that website again. Also, social media. But you, you do a lot of things on social media, a lot of videos. So if people didn't get a chance to know you well enough here from this conversation, if they follow you on social media, they'll see a whole lot more of your personality in the videos that you make. Yes, thanks so much for that. I do. I like to uh, stay connected with everybody so they can follow me on social media. It's Elizabeth4NV uh, typically is the handle. My name's just so long, Elizabeth. Uh, so it's Elizabeth4NV online, or you can go to my website, Elizabeth4Nevada.com. It's Elizabeth4Nevada.com. But it's, it's so important uh, that we do get the right people in office. And that's why I'm asking everybody for their support and to spread the word. You know, I believe in life, in liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. My Democrat opponent does not uh, and so we have to get back to the basics. We have to get back to the Constitution. We have to get back to supporting life. We have to get back to supporting liberty. We have to get back to supporting uh, the pursuit of happiness. That's what the American dream is. And that's what I support. So if you support those ideas, I, I hope that I have your support. Please go on to my website, elizabeth4nevada.com to learn more about me and if you can donate, please uh, do that as well. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Booker. You are amazing. I truly appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. And I hope if you like what you heard from Elizabeth there, that you'll go and support her any way that you can, whether it's financially or just help her out with her message and getting that out to more people. I think she's a great young American that's uh, trying to make a difference. And we'll see how she does coming up next November. She has a long road ahead of her. Before we leave everything about the motion to vacate and the government shutdown, let's hear what uh, the Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell had to say. He stayed unfrozen long enough to make this statement. I have no advice to give uh, to House Republicans except one. I hope whoever the next speaker is gets rid of the motion to vacate. I think it makes the speaker's job impossible. And the American people expect us to have a functioning government. And that's Mitch McConnell barely staying awake long enough to make that comment. But we do expect a functioning government, whether there's a motion to vacate or not. We expect our elected officials to go to Washington, D.C., represent us, and get the work done. And obviously, there always has to be compromises. The left isn't always going to get their way, and the right isn't always going to get their way either. There does have to be compromise. But we would like to see a functioning government. A functioning government doesn't create $33 trillion in debt and doesn't continue to spend $2 trillion more year after year than we're taking in. It doesn't make any sense. So let's go to some names. Who do you like? The next Speaker of the House. Who do you think it should be? 
Jim Jordan has thrown his name in. Steve Scalise is another one that has also been mentioned, and it sounds like he wants to do it. Who are some other ones? Mike Johnson from Louisiana, possibly a good one. Some people are saying Newt Gingrich as a possibility. Maybe. I don't know. There are a lot of options. You know, you don't have to be a sitting member of Congress to be the Speaker of the House. Maybe a guy like Lee Zeldin, who almost won the governorship in New York. He did a great job. He pulled a lot of Republicans with him. Maybe he's someone to consider for the Speaker of the House. That's going to be happening coming up this week in the crazy House of Representatives in the U.S. government. Hopefully, hopefully, they'll get through it okay. I know that Matt Gates has already said that he would absolutely have to have a motion to vacate by one person for the next speaker. But he's also said he supports someone like Steve Scalise, someone like Lee Zeldin. He supports those people. But I don't believe he's going to have enough support to keep the motion to vacate with one person. I think Matt Gates may be standing alone on that one. It's time for the Congress to get to work for us to create a budget. They have about 30 days to do it, so it's time to get to work on that. My name is Booker Scott. Thanks a lot for joining us always here on America Out Loud Talk Radio on Our Lives and Politics. And remember, 2,000 years ago, you were told you are the salt of the earth, and salt without flavor, it has no value at all. So, Keep being salty. You've been listening to Our Lives in Politics on the America Out Loud Network.